Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Yeah. Bill's Mafia. Don Brown. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, hey. Who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that talent on my team. Micah High Jordan Boyer, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, do not catch it. Folks, welcome back to a great action pack edition of the Crowd Assist Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, as always, Kevin Masseri, here with Meerkat and Ryan Talbot. Always a pleasure to have Ryan on from the great duo with Matt Perino. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. How are you feeling today? Hey, feeling pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. So this action pack show... Really, we'll call it the Josh Allen Extension Edition is brought to you by Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Go out there and get a case of your favorite, favorite beer and liquor right now over there at Outlet Liquor. Uh, do whatever you can craft. They have some they have some great stuff over at Outlet, so um, make sure you get out there and do what you can for Outlet. What's your outlet? Meerkat, what a day it is today. Um, it was buzzing around the group chat. We were making this show up, and all of a sudden, we had to kind of X out a couple of the things we had on the docket for today, most notably, obviously, an eight-year, really, really an eight-year deal um, for Josh Allen as um, just just the way it's structured really makes it seem like a six-year extension. What's your initial reaction off of that, Meerkat? Initial reaction is that I'm thrilled. Obviously, we're waiting on, you know, all the details and the nitty-gritty and stuff like that. But with the money, uh, what it is right now reported and you know, just what we have in the future. I just feel good. I feel relieved. We don't have this extension looming over us for this entire season. That was one of my biggest worries. Not that it would have been, you know, anything that impedes this team, but it's just one of those things in the back of your head that now we don't have to worry about. We have our guy for the future. I mean, I I might have kids by the time Josh (laughs) Allen's contracts up right now. It's wild, but I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, what what is your reaction of it from a ground level? Like, what do you think of both it being still um, a fairly high high deal, not quite Mahomes, obviously, um, kind of fits in the middle with that breast, uh, that Dak Prescott deal that um, is not really flexible deal. So, what's your kind of reaction off of what you've seen from this already? Over two hundred fifty million, um, you know, one hundred fifty million in guarantees. Is it what you thought? Is it more? Is it less? Did you think it happened so quickly? What are some of your initial you know, reactions off of it. Yeah, I thought there was a really good chance this was going to get done before uh, the start of the regular season this year. I know Brandon Bean played it pretty coy. I know that uh, Josh Allen pretty much said if it happens, it happens. But they work around the clock on these deals. I know that Brandon Bean, after Josh Allen's breakout season, wanted to get something done uh, sooner rather than later because the the, the price of quarterbacks is always going to be a, a high amount in the NFL. So, You know, the one thing he said is the deal has to make sense for both parties. And when it comes to uh, Josh Allen getting $150 million guaranteed out of this deal, uh, that's what makes sense for his side and for for him and his agent. When it comes to uh, the Bills side, we're going to have to wait and see the breakdown of the deal. And 
how it is on a year by year basis. That being said, with this last year of the rookie deal with the fifth year option, by the time we get to the first year of this extension, the NFL's new TV contracts is going to be into play. Uh, the salary cap is going to be on the rise for a few years. I think that when all is said and done, you're going to look back at this and it's going to be a really good deal, value deal for the Bills and for Josh Allen, just because of the guarantees that he ended up getting. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you're really only accounting for $30 million in, in combination of the next two years. Some cap flexibility there that's really important um, to, you know, to kind of account for that $258 million that's going to be on the books. I kind of look at it like I'm going to assume that fifth and sixth year are going to be super team friendly. We'll have to take a look at how this breaks down. So really the seventh and eighth year from now, we'll have to take a look. I was talking about Nate with Nate Geary about how I do think that they might be team option kind of things or, you know, really voidable years. Uh, we'll see kind of how that plays out. I think it's kind of a way to maybe have some dead cap spread out. So it's going to be really interesting to see the exact breakdown of this contract, the way the guaranteed money looks right now to me. Like it's a three-year extension. We'll see how it totally nets out. If Josh was like, nah, I want that kind of spread a little bit differently. Maybe those are kind of some of the final cap things are working out right now. Some of the language, some of the, you know, the double dip things huge in every contract now. Like, so if ever anything ever happened, the Bills were to cut Josh Allen, is he able to double dip? That is always important language that the, you know, that teams and players are negotiating every every minute. So we'll have to kind of take a look at those kind of final details. But on, on the face value, it looks like a really solid deal. The Bills do have some cap relief, obviously this year from it. I don't know how much is going to go on the books past what's already on the books right now with 6.9 million. So we'll see if any of that is moved into this year or not. So, you know, it's kind of, it's going to be a really interesting deal, Meerkat. Do you want to see them spend this front loaded? What's your opinion on, if you were to break this out a little bit more, really eight years, you know, 280 million, do you want it broken in a little bit more? Do you want, you want that cap in case they want to go out and still make a move for a Zach Ertz? What's your, you know, kind of, how are you looking at, or do you want to just say, you know what, let's eat some of it now they get more palatable, even with that rising cap in you know two, three, four years. So that's the thing with me is I've been a proponent. We've talked about on the show before that we haven't made that move for a CB2 or a tight end yet. So I, I think they're just going to stand pat with what they have. I want to see them front load it, get it out of the way as soon as possible. But I trust Brandon Bean to, you know, structure this contract in a way that it's not going to cripple this roster in four or five years or so. Like you see quarterback deals uh, happen all the time in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I would like to see it front loaded because I would say, hey, we're in a win now window. But now we have Allen for eight more years. I'd say every one of those years, the Bills should be in contention. No. I mean, absolutely, Ryan. I want to drop that to you. What's your opinion on that? Should it be front-loaded? Should it be back-loaded? And do you think that this limits at all the ability, you know, Diggs has another year, he's going to need money. Tremaine Edmonds need money. Um, you know, there, there's some contracts still there floating around that they may need internally. And are they able to continue to build the roster with potentially, you know, $40 million on the cap as soon as in two years? So what's, what's kind of your opinion on how we should load it? And will that affect future deals? Or do you think they'll be okay in that category yeah that's a great question until we actually see an actual breakdown of the contract it's going to be kind of hard to tell but front loading it makes sense uh the, the bills might just be holding on to that money though as well that you mentioned the 6.9 million uh in the event of something happening at training camp or the preseason 
where they might have to go out and sign someone. And, and you know, this is the uh, legitimate Super Bowl window right now. So you're not just going to go get Joe Schmo off the street. If there's someone that's out there, that would be a on par type of player with someone if they go down. Uh, so it's really interesting to see. And in terms of long-term flexibility or long-term, what does this do for the franchise? Meerkat pretty much said it. When you have a franchise quarterback, every year should be a Super Bowl window. Uh, we, we've seen it across the league. I mean, obviously with Tom Brady throughout his career, Patrick Mahomes and early in his career, they're always in the Super Bowl mix. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in the NFC, same type of deal. So if Josh Allen is who the Bills think he is, this is a team that will be in that Super Bowl window or in contention year in, year out. The other thing I want to see with this contract, though, is how can bonuses get moved around or how can parts of that money get moved into bonuses that free up cap on a year-to-year basis? It's something that we saw Brady do in New England a lot where he was still getting his money, but it was moved around a little bit. So it took a little bit off the cap here and there. Uh, A lot of these contracts... The player still gets the money, but the team has a little bit of flexibility to move things around on a year-to-year basis. That's what I'm anticipating here, uh, and that's what I'm really interested to look into. Yeah, that's a great point. I had that obviously jotted down, and it's great you brought it up. Will they go to a Tom Brady method at some point? That's where I'm looking at those voidable years. They'll have a framework for some type of deal once we're getting, you know, it's down the road in 2026, 2027, whatever. But there is going to be frameworks there of convertible caps, spreading it out, one-year deals. Lots of options as the back end of this deal approaches. So don't let the sticker shock of 43 million shock you. I I don't know. I doubt, I, I'll have to see it. There might be a year or two it will it will balloon high like that. I doubt it will be that high against the cap for many of those years. So we'll have to, I really looking forward to seeing how this is structured or if those, if they do really did dupe the fifth and sixth years, those numbers are going to be way down. They're going to, you know, they're going to have to do something. It's not quite a real eight year extension, um, but it will limit the the cap hit in the first six years. So um, I'm really interested to see all of that. And, and Josh might want to, Josh might want to say himself, like, look, the money's, there's more money to be made here. I don't know that I want to be here in eight or um, have this deal in eight years when all this money's being made, all this revenue's coming in, all this big TV deals are happening. Now I'm just, now I'm underpaid. Um, so I think that there's, there's, leverage on both sides to say there might be a a dupe year or two in here for cap purposes. So we'll have to see exactly where that goes. But um, I think it's important to note that Josh is going to want the best team around him. And and you, you hit it on that. Aaron Rodgers is always in a Super Bowl contending uh, position. Like it doesn't matter who his receivers are, if it's Jake Kumaro or not. I mean, he's always in a position to win a Super Bowl uh, until whatever happened last year. And they still made it, you know, to the NFC championship game and he was pretty disgruntled. Um, So when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, potentially, you know, hopefully Josh Allen's now in that category of like, yeah, you're always competing. I mean, you're just always going to be, you know, 12 and five or whatever the record's going to be. And you're always going to be in contention guys. So really important to get this done. You don't want to have anything where you like, like let a Drew Brees go, or, you know, you do, you do things like that early on in their career. It's a great move by Buffalo to lock this up. But Ryan, you've been at camp. We've talked a lot about the extension and you're probably going to talk about it more in your show. And, um, you know, in additional places, but let's talk a little bit about camp real quickly. Is the, speaking of Jake Kumaro, is the Jake Kumaro hype real? I've seen Matt write about it a little bit. Do you buy into it? Do you have him as high as, you know, I've, I've heard people saying, could he be the wide receiver for beating out Gabe Davis? I think what Matt said in his article, like if he keeps performing, like what is your opinion? We got to talk about this receiver room, this team, this room that helps out Josh Allen. Do you like Jake Kumaro? And is he coming close to a lock? 
Yeah, I, th- I think he is close to a lock, and I, I have him at wide receiver six. I-, I think at the end of the day, when you look at obviously the top three are locked in, uh, actually top four are obviously locked in with Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders being three and four, and which however you want to flip it. Isaiah McKenzie has done enough to be a lock at number five. He obviously brings that return value as well. So you're looking at wide receiver six, and Isaiah Hodgins, to his credit, is starting to come on. He's starting to make some plays. Matt noted that today. Uh, but when I was there last Saturday, I'm going again tomorrow. The one thing I noticed was Jake Kumaro was a trusted target. He was hauling in the passes. He, he was just a reliable player for the Bills. But even more so than just being a wide receiver for this team, he showed last year how much they he was valued on, by this team on special teams. Six games, 95 special team snaps. Uh, took on that Taiwan Jones role, which is also kind of interesting because Taiwan Jones, someone who maybe a month ago people were like, well, he's a lot for the roster because he's so important to the special teams unit. Maybe he's not anymore just because Kumaro can kind of take that row role. They have Saran Neal on special teams. They were hyping up Reggie Gilliam and Daryl Johnson yesterday. Uh, so there's a lot of players. And at the end of the day, when you have this Super Bowl window and you have so much talent here, you want a good special teams unit, but you don't want to lose value at a position because you're keeping someone um, over a Kumaro, for instance, at wide receiver six versus a Taiwan Jones, a player who's not going to see the field as a running back at any point. If you can get that versatility of a player who's actually going to contribute to this offense when needed, but also contribute on special teams, I think there's more value there. So Kumaro, yes, close to a lock. Interested to see what he does tomorrow. Uh, really interesting to see that Josh Allen had a great day today and he was without Stefan Diggs, who's having a rest day. He was without Emmanuel Sanders, who's dealing with a foot injury. So those other wide receivers, Kumaro, Hodgins, obviously Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley, they're stepping up and, and Allen is looking the part despite not having his best players out there. Yeah. And we've, I guess, you know, Kumaro's probably been a surprise of camp. I always saw what was interesting last year. Now, you know, now it's being talked about a lot was when they let him go and he was, you know, claimed by the Saints. Then he was re-released. The Bills claimed him at that point back to their practice squad, I believe, originally. Uh, I don't remember if they, he made it to back to the active roster after the Saints' departure. Um, but he was a guy that – it's kind of like the Ike Butker thing where they let him go early in his career. Obviously, Kumar's not early in his career. Um, and he was claimed by Kansas City. Kansas City waved him. They were like, yeah, never again. We're never cutting that guy again. Hmm. Um, and he's been on the roster ever since um, and now in starting positions. Um, so I kind of look at Kumar like that a little bit to where – I don't know. I think his position is pretty safe outside of obviously an injury or, you know, explode, you know, just totally tanking um, in preseason or something. But I think he's pretty safe. But you brought up a great point about Taiwan Jones. Is he a lock? I kind of had him as one. But I mean, that's that's an interesting perspective to where maybe his position's not as redundant now at this point mm-hmm. in your cat. Um, I'm pretty I'm a pretty big advocate of keep good players at their positions, meaning like maybe you can't cut an Isaiah Hodgins because he'd get claimed. Do you need all these special teams guys? Where I know you're a big Hodgins fan. So where is your yeah. where is your position on hey, I mean you got all these guys performing, Daryl Johnson, you have, you know, Reggie Gilliam from the Mac, you have just just a ton of special teams players, you know, Matikavich. I mean, you could go down the list of really especially I mean AJ Klein for lack of a better term, special teams guy. Yeah. Um do you need all these special teams guy when you're gonna let a good talented six round pick go and potentially another one this year? Where do you stand on like, hey, at what point? Okay, Kumaro can kind of feel two roles. Do they go to the seven receiver for the first time under um, McDermott? 
So, yeah, Ryan bringing that up with Kumro can fill that Taiwan Jones role. And this is no disrespect to Taiwan Jones. He's filled that role incredibly for us. You know, he's shown his toughness. Remember yep. that mark he had on him? I mean, that stuff like that is wild. That's a guy you want on your team. But when it comes down to it and you have talent where – you can you've unmasked all these depth players who can contribute yeah. at a high level to special teams and come onto the field and fill in whether it be defense or offense. I think Taiwan Jones is someone who might be on the cutting block, um, even though you know the coaching staff loves him because you open up that extra defensive lineman spot, you open up that seventh receiver spot. Uh, there are these guys who they like to keep. There are good players who are going to be cut from this team, whether they make it to the practice squad or not is another issue, but. You want to see as many good guys at their positions as you can get. And if it's the difference between, I know Ryan's a big fan of F.A. Obata. If it's the difference between like that or Hodgins or something, and you have your, you know, your backfield set with what you like, and it's just a special teams role, I think you got to say goodbye to Taiwan Jones. Interesting perspective. I haven't thought of that. So it's really good to um, really bring it down like that. What a natural transition, though, by by Meerkat. It's like he went to transition school or something. F.A. Obata. It's a topic I wanted to ask Ryan about the defensive end position. He's been in camp a little bit. He is going again. Um, what do you feel about? So I'm a pretty big advocate for Jerry Hughes, but even myself now, I tweeted it the other day. Um, does he need to suit up soon? And like, what's your opinion of the de- or is he safe as, you know, as, as can be? Or is there really a little concern with ability to save $6 million and like, hey, Josh Allen just got paid. Um, maybe they need to do some other stuff. Do you have any correlation there with the money? Do you think it matters? Obviously, it's a Super Bowl window. They didn't care last year with Trent Murphy eating up a ton of money. Um, but they might not have that luxury this year with $43 million average per year for, for Josh Allen. So what's your opinion on the defensive end room? And is does Jerry Hughes need to suit up? Well, you know, it's a it's a valid question with Hughes because at one point uh, a few months ago there was talk. Oh, was he a cut candidate? And everyone kind of said no, no. I'm still of the camp that it's it's not going to happen. Uh, but we're seeing the young guys flash. We're we're seeing Greg Russo flash. We know that AJ Epineza has been flashing and showing a lot more athleticism now that he's at around two fifty five, two sixty. Boogie Basham's playing pretty well inside and outside. You have F.A. Obata, who every single day is playing well. And then you have Mario Addison, who same boat as Jerry Hughes, last year of their contracts. Uh, but, but you know, he was kind of the, the rah-rah guy in his media conference yesterday or two days ago where he said, okay. you know, I want, I want to bring these guys up. I want to mentor them. I want to uh, – I was excited when they made all these picks because I don't want to be the 50-snap guy anymore. I want to be able to stay fresh. And even met, talked or alluded to the fact that he wasn't focused as much as he usually is because he was dealing with the, the loss of his brother. So I see him in play. It's just tough because the Bills are going to have to get really creative. Let's just say they keep Hughes, they keep Addison. They're obviously keeping all three of the young guys that they've drafted in, in the past few years. So you're already at five defensive ends. Do you keep F.A. Obata and Daryl Johnson, who Johnson, again, special teams coach, rave reviews. The first thing other coordinators say to me is, you know, I'm, he, the guy moves like a linebacker. He's such an asset to the special teams unit. And then if you do that, you're realistically only keeping, what, three defensive tackles? So you're, you're looking at Latule, Harrison Phillips, and Ed Oliver. Now, I know that makes it seem like it's really thin on the inside, but you have Boogie Basham, who has the ability to kick inside. F.A. Obata, who actually did a lot of his damage last year in Carolina on the inside. You have Greg Rousseau, who a lot of his production in, in his season at Miami, his sack production, 
came from the inside. I wouldn't say Epinesa anymore on the inside because he's trimmed down from 280 mm. to around 260, but there was even talk of that at one time. It's a good problem to have, but I wouldn't want to be in that in that room when the Bills are trying to trim this final roster down. Uh, obviously, you keep them all until the last possible minute because any any day an injury could ha- could happen, and all of a sudden that decision is not so tough. So and so is going to be out for six weeks. You put him on, uh, you, you put him out away. You stash him pretty much for that time. And then when he comes back, you have to make that decision. But right now, yeah, I I, I could see there being an odd man out in that room. I just don't know. If it, if it would make sense for it to be Hughes, because I know the sack totals haven't been there, but he is still consistent as can be with generating pressure, uh, getting after the quarterback, and, and moving a quarterback off of his mark is very valuable and very important to a team in today's NFL. How about this? So bounce one to you real quick. Would you – obviously, we, say, we know about the money you could potentially save with a Hughes – Obviously, that opens up a position for if you're a Justin Zimmer fan, Daryl Johnson fan, a fan of someone else on the D-line that's kind of on the chopping block. Zimmer's had a really good camp, too. So would you – is this one of the things where you would say, okay, you get to keep the player, you keep, get to keep seven, you know, six and change in money, and maybe you get a draft pick out of it. So is there a draft pick, Ryan, that would make you say, all right, I think with the depth the Bills could potentially have at the D-line position – the money they would save, the roster spot they would save. There's a pick at what mark would you say, all right, you know, we could move Jerry Hughes. Are you talking fifth, fourth, third? At what point are you like, all right, that makes sense? Well, I don't think you're going to get a day two pick for a Jerry Hughes okay. just because of the fact that he's one year left on his deal. He's over 30 years old. Um, I think it would, it would be a day three pick. I just don't know uh, what the Bills' thought process would be there. So I – it's a tough decision because Brandon Bean will probably look to to move some offensive linemen for picks. Yes. Uh, he'll probably – one of those defensive linemen, maybe maybe it's F.A. Obata who is the odd man out, someone that I think is having a great camp, stood out last Saturday uh, several times. Maybe he's the odd man out. Maybe Daryl Johnson, after getting all that hype for his special teams, play, there's another team that wants a, a young player. So could I see a defensive end getting moved? Yeah, it's very possible because this is one of the strengths of this roster. I'm just not sure how they value those veterans versus some of these younger guys, uh, especially younger guys like Daryl Johnson, who's going to be a standout player in special teams, but he's going to see minimal reps at defensive end. It's fair. How about you, Meerkat? Is there a is there a draft pick that would make you move move who uh, Hughes, or is there really, really just no number that'll get it or no pick that will get it done for you? That just you know, I'd rather move. Let's say, I mean, Zimmer's probably pretty good. He's a guy that could probably fetch a, a late day three pick. I mean, you could probably convince a team to take him for a sixth. Would you rather look at something like that, or would you rather say, you know what, let's try to get a fourth for Jerry Hughes? A team one year, $7 million is all they'd have to take on. Could really bolster a defensive uh, pass rush on a team that where he could be the second defensive end. He's been the defensive end one here forever. Is it time for him mm-hmm. to be DN2? What is your opinion on all that, Meerkat? If I'm moving one of our veteran defensive ends, I'd look at moving Mario Addison because I feel okay. like Jerry Hughes' money lined up with his production. Ryan brought it up. You know, people look at his sack number and they're like, they're not they're not impressed, frankly. But you look at his pressure rate, QB hurry, stats like that, get the nitty-gritty. Jerry Hughes excelled the past couple of years, especially last year when people were being critical of him. And he's such a leader on this team. He's had continuity on this roster for so long. Um, I want I, I would be opposed moving Jerry Hughes. I don't think we'd get value back for him that would satisfy losing him. 
um, where, you know, his money and his deal and stuff isn't going to, you know, be a detriment down the line for us at all right now with what he's at and his age. So that's what I'm saying. It's just if you do move Jerry Hughes, I don't think you're going to get, you know, maybe the third round pick or so the fourth you're, you, you deserve out of him. I feel like it's a day three pick conditional type deal. So um, I'd rather move Mario Addison okay. for something like that. I know his money's a little more complicated, but I, I, I'm a fan of Jerry Hughes. I want him on this roster and I want to win a, something for him more than almost anyone else on this roster right now. What's interesting about Addison is I tweeted earlier um, when he, you know, was in and out of OTAs um, that the Bills save $5.4 million and everyone's like, well, no, they don't. They don't save anything. They do if they trade him. So more than the draft pick there, you know, they may take a seven, a conditional seven. More than the draft pick there might be that you do free up $5.4 million with a post-6-1 trade. Um, so it's interesting language into his contract. So there is a way for the bills to save big money with a Mario Addison trade and take back maybe very little for it. The team would only have to eat, uh, would only have him on the hook for one for 5.9. Um, it's a little expensive, but could be a nice bolster. Like we just talked about with Jerry Hughes. So it's, it is, it is a point that Addison is not getting cut. They don't save any money. It's kind of silly to do that. Um, but could he get traded for a seventh round pick? It's not out of the question. It's a good point. Meerkat that. He's not going to get released. There's no, there's just really no benefit to it. But Bean could get sticky and trade him for a seventh round pick, save a lot of money, save that roster spot. They may perfume Hughes over him. So there is going to be some roster gymnastics to happen here in the next three weeks. Um, and I do think it will come at the O line and DN position. But Ryan, before we let you go, man, give me a player um, that you've seen no one's really talking about whether it's Stevenson's returnability, I mean, just anything random you've seen when your time at camp so far, a really underrated storyline to watch as we approach week one preseason in a week here. What should we be watching for that's not Jake Kumaro? Is there is there something that you've seen? Is there a, even, it could be an O-line player, it could be a corner you like. Is there something that Bills fans should be like, all right, maybe he should be on the right roster radar. If not, could be on the um, at least high-end priority uh practice squad member yeah I, I was looking at my notes actually from last week and i didn't really talk much about him but reggie gilliam made a few plays on offense when i was there last week and i and i was uh not surprised by that but he was a fullback then he was a tight end now he's a fullback again uh we had pat demarco on the shout podcast recently he said you know the one thing about gilliam is he, he's special athletically once he gets his hands on you he has those sticky hands he's a really good blocker if the Bills are serious about improving their run game this year, maybe they do keep Gilliam as, as that fullback to kind of lead the way for Moss and Singletary and Breida, who had a really good practice uh, today, had a nice long uh, run. So he's someone I would at least consider, and he kind of goes back to that whole discussion of, can I keep Reggie Gilliam and one other player, Jake Kumaro? and replace a Taiwan Jones with that role. And I'm, I'm freeing up a spot on my offense, uh, two spots on offense, but I'm, I'm only getting rid of one player in that, that hypothetical, but I have two standout guys in special teams, two guys that might contribute on the offense this year. So Gilliam would be my guy in that case. Uh, but again, with, with the passing offense, I'm not 100% sure that they need a fullback or that they will keep a fullback in that uh, for that very reason. Very interesting. And we do have a question about the practice squad. Um, Warren wants to know, is keeping players on the practice squad versus training them more value this year with possible COVID issues? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be very similar to last year and the fact that you need players ready to go last year, the tight end room got hit. wasn't a huge deal. Um, you know, it's not a huge, super duper important unit to the team all the time, but could happen at a really important group. The Bills sat out a quarterback all last year and purposes of like, let's not have to play a receiver at quarterback, uh, like the Broncos did. So I think it's an absolutely fair point that the Bills are going to try everything that they can to get on any. I think the rules are still um, out where you can put anyone, Ryan. Do you know if you can still put yeah, veterans? And, yep. Okay. Yep. Still 16 players. Still, yep. I believe, six of them being allowed to be veterans. So okay. uh, same same rules as last year. There's mm-hmm. definitely a great case to be made for keeping some players on the practice squad if you can. Uh, there's just going to be a lot of other teams that I think are going to try to poach some of these players that the Bills release just because this team has an influx of talent uh, up and down the board, even at the linebacker position, at depth linebacker. If you keep Tyrell Adams and and, uh, you keep Matakevich, who I think special teams, I think he's a good reserve option. You're letting Joe Giles Harris, who flashed a little bit in Jacksonville, possibly go. You'd like to get him on your practice squad, but probably not. Dodson could be the an odd man out, and he could get claimed elsewhere. So uh, across the board, there's going to be some players that I think get claimed that look for jobs elsewhere. But the, the Bills are going to do their best to have as much talent possible on their practice squad just because, uh, as Lauren mentioned, COVID outbreaks happen, injuries happen. You want to have some players that you can elevate each week that can contribute. You look at a guy like Justin Zimmer. That's how he eventually uh, made his way up to the main roster. Another team was ready to sign him, and he had done enough with his opportunities where the Bills said, oh, no, we, we got to make sure we have a roster spot for this guy. So they're going to do the best that they can, though, to, to keep as much talent possible in that practice squad. Yeah, that's actually who I was thinking of was Joe Giles Harris was a guy that I might have even been Madigan that wrote about him. I think he had the uh, interception um, and a couple of really good plays guy that's elevating himself to really be at least a premier like priority um practice squad member um mm-hmm. so you're right could he go through especially with now with preseason games i don't know before before preseason last year yeah i mean i think there's a chance you know you might not get joe giles harris claim from you um as brandon bean even said it like we were sticking to our own guys last year because we didn't have any um preseason footage to go and say hey we really like the seventh linebacker of the Bengals, you know, we're going to keep our own seventh linebacker because we've seen him. We like what he can do. Um, so I think there's a little bit more of that. There's going to be more roster waiver claims this year because of the preseason, um, because of the, you know, for lack of a better term, the third preseason game, which is you know now the fourth or not was the fourth is going to have players probably play like Joe Giles Harris and others who are going to get a premier spot to be watched. And the Bills, I think, are on all national TV on all games. Not that pro personnel scouts wouldn't see him anyways. Um, but they're going to have the ability to be displayed. And if someone has a good game and the Bills are like, we don't have room for him, um, I don't think they're going to go scotch-free with the, with their top choices. So, Lauren, it's a really good point that what the Bills are going to have to do to, to, to be prepared and yeah, maybe it isn't just like, hey, let's trade for six round picks for four of our guys um, as much as Bean likes to do that, because if an outbreak happens, you know, you know, a guy like Joe Giles Harris could come in on special teams, maybe be a fifth or sixth linebacker for you, whereas you don't want to be in a pickle there. So really good, really, really good point um, to watch out for with the roster moves that will be happening in three, you know, three or so weeks. Meerkat, is there anything final? You're, I want to ask you guys one final question here. Are you guys looking forward to anything specific with these preseason games? We lost them last year. I missed them pers- personally. 
Mm-hmm. Are you looking for something out of this? Yes, we don't want Josh Allen hurt, duh. But are you looking on the field play-wise? Are you looking for something out of this? Something scheme-related? A player? We'll start with America and we'll go to Ryan. What are you wa- what are you watching for on these three games? Which you know McDermott's admitted like he likes these games. Yeah, so I mean, I love the preseason. It's just our first taste of football. Uh, last night I was watching the Hall of Fame game, and I was just like, hey. It's just getting back into it. No matter the product on the field, it's still football. It's still back, and it felt great. So for the Bills preseason right now, what I'm looking forward to is you brought it up. I don't want to see Josh and these guys play. You had a, you know, a scary moment there with Chase Claypool for a moment. Turns out he's okay. But, you know, Steelers lose Chase Claypool in the Hall of Fame game. That is, that's terrible. That's an awful loss. So I don't want to see any of these veterans, proven veterans, play a single snap in the preseason. I'm okay with it. As much as I want to see it personally as a fan, uh, just to get Bill's football back in my life, I, I don't want to see Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. These guys, I don't want to see them on the field for a single snap. I can understand, you know, a series here or there. I almost expect the second game, which we talked about this on a previous show, how are they even going to run the preseason right now compared to other years with just three games and everything going on? So uh, other than not seeing the starter, the veteran starters who are proven play that much, it's just really going to be that wide receiver battle. I think that's where these guys are going to shine. You're going to get a heavy dose of Mitch Trubisky, Jake Fromm, Davis Webb. These guys can get the ball out, especially in the preseason. So the receivers need to take advantage of that, and someone needs to step out. It's been Kumaro on camp, but Ryan brought it up. Hodgins is flash, so someone like that has a very strong preseason. Who knows? Marcus easily worked his way onto the roster the one year with that just the one ridiculous preseason game uh, receiving aside from a special teams talent. Yeah, no, that's a, right. that's a good point. Uh, you know, I, I'm watching a few different things, obviously at quarterback right now, I'm just settled on them having two quarterbacks on the main roster. I'm not seeing a spot for Jake Fromm, but can Jake Fromm maybe uh, silence some of the critics and then put together a strong preseason to prove that he belongs on this roster. Uh, I think they'd be, they'd be set with Allen and Trubisky as their one, two, and then getting Davis Webb as that veteran on their practice squad. I, I think that's right now the realistic plan. So can Fromm maybe prove some people wrong? Uh, the, the wide receiver battle makes a ton of sense. Even some of the, the guys that aren't going to make this roster, Tanner Gentry's had some moments. Can he do enough to secure a spot in this practice squad? I'm intrigued by the tight end position. Knox has had some frustrating drops. So uh, get Hollister kind of back into the, the mix of things with the preseason because he's been dealing with a lower back injury. Uh, he, he looks like he's getting close to returning. So maybe in the preseason we see some flashes from him and, and get an idea of what he could bring. Sweeney, obviously, solid blocker solid receiver maybe can he step up and then on the offensive line who's going to win those depth role jobs because right now i feel pretty confident that they they're uh set with their starting offensive line i think cody ford has put together a really strong camp to date to kind of claim the other spot opposite of john feliciano obviously the tackle jobs are locked up you're going to give a job to spencer brown who you took uh on day two of this draft are they going to have room for Tommy Doyle? You'd like to see that happen because he's another relative high pick being in those middle, early high middle rounds, I guess is the best way of putting that. Uh, Forrest Lamp's been dealing with injuries. So, you know, he's going to have to step up in the preseason if he wants to claim a spot. So I, I guess the offensive line, the depth there in terms of who wins those last few spots is something else to watch. Interesting. Yeah, offensive line was something I had noted outside of maybe Deion Dawkins. I don't mind them all playing for a, for a good chunk of the uh, preseason. Um, 
you know, I maybe Mitch Morse you can you can you can be careful with, but guard yeah. spots, I want to see a full battle at guard. I want to see a full battle. I mean, I guess Daryl Williams is pretty entrenched as well. So a couple of the unit one guys, fine. I don't know. I'd like to see a pretty strong A. I never want to see Josh without his unit one, like ever. Like in any instance, if you don't have unit one, get him off the field. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Just if you don't have four or five or more of your unit ones, I'm not experimenting with the Bobby Hart, Forrest Lamp, um, Jordan Devi experiment in front of Josh Allen. I mean, sorry, like there's no purpose of that unless you're handing it off three, you know, two series in a row, three times each series. I don't want to see Josh Allen on the field with that kind of offensive line. Let's get that out of the way. Um, but the offensive line is the unit I'm watching the most of. I want to see if there's someone that can break through at guard, if Cody Ford is going to do enough, if Forrest Lamp can do enough. Um, I know he's been hurt. So lots to look forward to here, guys, with training camp coming up, uh, coming, you know, kind of mid middle of the road here, getting through it and preseason coming up. So really exciting to mm-hmm. see some real preseason football as we've all forgotten that for a little while. But Ryan, we really appreciate you making it out, making a good 40 minutes for the show. I know Brandon Bean's press conference is probably coming up, right? 630. 630 Bean, McDermott, and Allen. All right, we're good. We can take a a little breather. (laughs) Um, Wanted to make sure Ryan didn't miss that. But uh, we can take a little breather than knowing it's in an hour or so. Um, But Ryan, seriously, really, really appreciate, you know, friend of the show, Matt Perino. Ryan, obviously, friend of the show. But, you know, one of my favorite places to go is NewYorkUpstate.com. Great, great daily recaps and more there from Ryan and Matt. Um, they really do a great job breaking it down, interacting with the fans. Anything you're working on? You are Matt. Well, a, a few different things, but we kind of put them on the back burner with the Allen news today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt's working on a piece on Isaiah McKenzie for next week. Uh, I'm working on mm-hmm. some players on the bubble and what's being said about them. So two things to kind of look forward to probably get pushed early next week with all the Allen news that I'm sure will be coming out observations tomorrow. We're going to try to do a, uh, live post game, uh, post practice um, show from the stadium together in the press box. So something to look forward there too. If if you follow Shout the Buffalo Football Podcast, be on the lookout for that. I was going to say, did I see Matt sitting up uh, in the seats for the last episode of Shout or an episode? He he was up there. Yeah, he was up there. I saw the the section sitting right behind him there. I was like, whoa, okay, I like that location. (laughs) Yeah, Shout's a great show. You guys have an awesome guest. So check out that. Obviously, anyone that probably watches this already knows about Shout, but uh, get out there, check them out. They have great guests. Like you have Patrick DeMarco, like you mentioned. And um, yeah, you've had some great guests um, on the show. So get out there, check out Shout. Obviously, Ryan, thank you so much for coming out from the Crowd Assist podcast. We'll be back with you shortly. We'll be doing a show early next week as well as I have it on the schedule here. So um, thanks for checking us out. Obviously, great news with the Josh Allen extension. We'll tweet out anything relevant with any of those updates to the numbers and if if those final years really do matter or not. But Meerkat, any final words for us? Any final words I'm of just, wisdom? Just happy we got it done before Baker and Lamar's deals. Okay. I agree with that. We'll see what those look like. That is something to follow mm-hmm. with all this. What's going to happen with Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson? Very interesting points of conversation going forward. But from the Crowd Assist podcast, as always, I'm Kevin Masseri, Meerkat, Ryan Talbot from New York Upstate. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in.